Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. This is a CBC podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is John. He suffered a severe brain injury and lost 22 years worth of memories. Let's talk about it. This is going to be this is going to be really interesting. So we are sitting down with Jonathan McMurray, uh, also known as the man with no memory. Um, and cool. I, I be, you know, I, I feel like we're going to get real memento with this, with this episode. Oh, uh, what a movie, John, I guess, why don't you give us a little, uh, introduction in, into who you are? Uh, but, but also, uh, give us a little bit of insight into <laughs> is, why you are known as the man with no memory. Is that the meanest question to start with for a person who has no memory? Why don't you tell us who you are? Like it, I just expect your answer to be like I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I mean maybe that is the answer. Yeah. Um, so no, I've I mean I've been told enough about my uh, childhood and stuff. I grew up in Georgetown, Ontario, which is about like forty five minutes from Toronto, west of Toronto, and um, it's pretty regular life. Like I skateboarded a lot, had girlfriends, you know, like went to concerts. Um. Just sort of standard, you know, zero to 22 type activity. And uh, yeah, that's that's essentially my background. And then things changed with uh, in 95 with the car accident. Um, heading back to university at Acadia University in Wolfville for my fourth year of an English degree. Um driving with two friends through like from Ontario to Nova Scotia. So we were in Quebec, sort of New Brunswick border, Riviere de Lou, Quebec, uh, a tire pops in the car. We're probably doing 120. And, uh, then the car flipped and I was ejected, landed on my head and spent a week in a coma and then came back. And I mean, more or less started from scratch because I didn't remember anything. So So I have so many questions uh, before we even get into the questions. I now have the biggest fear of tires popping cars because second time in less than a month that we've heard this exact thing happen to result in a car crash. The episode we released today as of the day that we're recording this is the day when another person was in a car accident because a tire popped. In the car, I didn't realize that I should really be afraid of this. I don't think you should be. I don't know, I man. <laughs> Hearing it twice in, in a couple of weeks, it's, it's uh, hard not to be. I feel like the whole amnesia, don't remember anything. I, I always thought that that was a, like a movie fiction. Me too. Yeah. Like it was, it, was, it was film that took you know, this thing where people say that they... You know they they have uh, a, they have some memory loss, maybe some short term, maybe some long term. Like don't remember like spots or periods or something like that. And then in a film they go, you know, you're like uh, like the one. Uh, I'm thinking of a Sandra Bullock movie from like way back in the '90s where she where the guy wakes up in the hospital and he remembers nothing, and she tells him that she's his wife, and then and it's a whole sham and everything while you were sleeping. That's what it was called. Anyway, I thought there was a whole fiction. <laughs> Like that, that you couldn't actually not remember, or anything. that, or that it would it, it would eventually come back, right? Or or, yeah, yes, that I, it was that it was short lived. The thing that that really so so like when I hear you say, John, that you you lost your memory in your twenties of like everything that you've done up to that point in your life. How how much memory are we t- like? How much memory are we t- like? Where does the where's does the line draw? You know, and, and by that, I mean, so I'm, I'm going to assume you forget your 
um, you forget your name. I'm going to assume that you forget like memories that you've had with your family members. Maybe you, you forget who your fucking family is. Um, uh, and, and if those are all, if, if those are all the things then then please, please like fill us in on that. But, but like, do you forget, like, did you forget how to, how to talk? Did you forget, like, did you forget what, what country you lived in? Like, like where does the line draw of what memory is lost and what are the things that, that you as an, like as an adult sort of keep that make you, in the, in the very least, able to function? Yeah, I think um, I'm pretty sure everything went uh, minus music, which, was, which I used as a tool <sighs> to, uh, to help. Like all the music I've ever heard in my life adds, you know, radio, whatever. It's, it was all remembered. But like you said, my family, like when they came to the hospital, I thought they were hospital issued. Like my parents, this was Quebec and, and my parents are from Ontario. So I was like, well, you know, can't wait for my re- real parents to show up and sort this out. Whoa. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. Cause, cause what I'm hearing you say, Jer, like when, when I, even when, when I hear you say that, Jonathan, that, 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 that when we're talking about memory, it's like, when everything goes, oh my God, don't <laughs> when everything goes, you know, except for music, where does the concept of, of what a parent is even live in the mind? Yeah. Since it is a product of being able to, you, you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> like how from scratch are we talking when, yeah. when, uh, when you have this accident and, and, and wake up in the hospital? Uh, I t- more or less a hundred percent scratch, like t- minus music. Every song I've ever heard was clearly intact. Everything was fine there. Any sort of advertising jingle and all those were fine. Wow. But I didn't know, I didn't know my parents. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know what a parent was. I couldn't name an animal, color, shape. Holy fuck. Any, anything like start Holy from fuck. scratch. Whoa. Wow. Well, yeah. but you could, you could still speak English. You could still understand people speaking to you, right? I could. So early days I could speak English, but it was pretty much like uh, swear words and, you know, wanting to get out of the hospital. So it was just more, yeah, frustration language. So no real intellect at that stage. So it was just kind of raw, early anger. And then, and then, it slowly, I just slowly built on it. Yeah. And I guess it, it, it went pretty quick because you know what I would surmise like, uh, you know, junior kindergarten or whatever to grade eight or grade seven would be that kind of went on fast forward for me. Wow. So I I guess maybe you could like to help us kind of, um, wrap our heads around this, like walk us through. and, And I know this was, years and years ago now, but to the best of your, your memory, can you walk us through like, um, as early as you remember in terms of waking up in the hospital and what that experience was like, the, the interactions you had with, with physicians, the interactions you had with nurses, like when you, when you came to eventually, um, what was that experience like? Well, the, the coming to, was in Quebec post coma. And that's, uh, that's something I'll never remember. And my parents will never forget. (laughs) So, and my brothers too. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I've got nothing. My life starts again, um, essentially in Annapolis, Royal Nova Scotia, where my, I have a cottage and my grandmother lived there. And while we were waiting for the Halifax, hospital room to be open I stayed there for about a week or so and so that's when that's where my memory of this life begins and what are what are those early days like you know is there a lot of um is there is there a lot of conversation with the people that are close to you in your life yet you not knowing this at the time like 
of them trying to jog your memory and trying to sort of walk you through like what your life was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of sort of, Oh, you remember when we did this or this is, this is this location and you did the following on at this age or things like that. But I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not real to me. It's just right. like someone talking saying, Oh, and then you float, float to the moon and hacky sacked with, you know, whatever. Like it just sounded like nonsense. It was like, yeah. okay. Does it, yeah. Does it sure. feel like you were like the, did it feel like you were being fucked with? Like that you're like, no, this, fuck, this is bullshit. Like, what do you got? What, how do I have like, like almost like a sense of paranoia in the sense that, you know, I mean, I've been blackout drunk too many times and, and whenever that has happened uh, and someone's trying to tell me what I was up to, I'm like, I'm listening to them talk and I'm going, how much of this are you saying that's true? And how much are you just, how much are you fucking with me? And, and I feel, and I feel there's like a fear or a sense of like almost like dread in my chest because there's no way for me to verify it. There's no way, like there's no photos, there's no videos, there's no, like whatever. There's just, there's just the, the account of like a few of my friends saying that I was acting like an idiot. And, and, uh, and it makes me feel kind of, kind of sick. Like what, when you're being told all these things, I mean, I guess you'd have, you'd be, people were showing you photos and stuff, you, you know, from, yeah. from your life, you'd be, you know, you'd be being shown that, but is there any, uh, is there any sense of like, how do I know that you're telling the truth? Yeah, there was a, there was a period when I lived, um, when I was rehabilitating in Halifax in 1995, relatively early where, I was, I was super suspicious because it just seems so, I, I don't know if you can imagine me at 22 and knowing nothing and, you know, walking down Spring Garden Road and all the people walking past you and all the stores and the lights and everything's going crazy. And I was just like, yeah, this can't be a real, like, you know, I'm a good person. And so this craziness might happen to bad people, but I've been a pretty good fellow. So I don't like, I was, uh, I was pretty suspicious, like often looking for cameras, like when things would happen, I would just do a 360 and look like, where's the camera? Cause this, there's like no Truman way this is show. real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally dream of show. Yeah. 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 I related to that quite well. I was like, Oh my gosh, I wonder. Jesus. And, and, there's no cameras. So it's not a show. John, in terms of like how you felt about the whole experience and like learning about this sort of life that you had before the accident, um, did you, did you experience any grief in grieving the loss of that or, or was your experience that this, your life is just starting now and there's like no bad or sad feelings about what you had lost because you can't, couldn't remember it? Well, I mean, the, the good thing is I had a clean slate. Like I had done absolutely nothing wrong ever. So that was nice. Um, (laughs) totally. But, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought for a lot of the times I was super suspicious that it was just, uh, people were just making stuff up and kind of toying with me. And I just kept waiting to wake up or to, you know, snap out of it or have some sort of epiphany or awakening where I would know more about my history and what was real and what was, what was, uh, make believe. But if you get a bunch of people like different sources telling you a story, then it's pretty believable unless mm-hmm. they're collaborating, in which case they're still playing me now. So, but <laughs> yeah, it's, right, I mean, right. it, long con. it's well, a good make believe life that they gave me for. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a, like a living nightmare. Like it, it just, it, and it, and it's, it, I, I think it is, you know, this line of questioning that we're coming up with is, is, and and we don't often find ourselves in this, in this kind of scenario on the show, but we're, you know, we're talking to you about something that is so hard for, and I think for, for anyone, so hard for anyone to really wrap their heads around because it is such a, it's, it's such a foreign thought or such a foreign idea to like, just 
et, like have your entire memory be etch a sketched away. And so, so it's, it's just, it really is trippy to try to think about how to ask you what that experience was like. Like you can put I, yourself in the shoes of a lot of the people that we talked yeah, to in some, in, th- in some way, shape or form. Cause it's like an illness yeah. that, that's like, that's relatively common, like cancer or something like that. Like I can imagine having cancer. I can imagine it really sucking. It's very hard to imagine. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I can really tie it to is being is having like a, mm. a drunk, like a, a blackout drunk, or like or having a bad dream. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it, like it, again, like I said, it just seems like a bad dream. Do, 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 can you can you like what what did what did what is the process of rehab for someone like yourself? Um, you know, you 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 end up you end up coming to the hospital in Halifax in '95 to begin that rehab. Uh, the rehabilitation uh, program. What is rehab for someone who's lost all of their memories? So uh, initially um, in Quebec and, uh, and then continuing to Halifax was because I was in a wheelchair in Quebec until I learned to walk again. So I had to learn to walk. So rehab starts with being able to walk um, and then, uh, it was predominantly occupational therapy and speech language pathologist. So to get my language back and and to be able to communicate, um, and then occupational therapy just so I was functional and could make food and you know go to a store and purchase things and you know just be a functional person. So it was predominantly those. I think at the start and physio to learn to walk and, you know, get that figured out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm curious. I've been, I've really wanted to know uh, what happened to the other guys in the car. So the um, other fella in the car was going to be my roommate that year. And he, I'm pretty sure he broke like, both his legs and then he had an issue with his vision temporarily where he can see you do like it was like a peripheral thing mm-hmm. with his vision um but that has since been rectified and then the girl i was with she was fine so okay Whoa. and and obviously you had no memory of them did they at any point during your re- recovery did they try to come and see you or how, do, how does that work when you have literally no memory? Yeah. Yeah. They would, they would, uh, they would come and see me and, um, you know, it was, it was just nice to have someone visit. So I don't, mm. it just doesn't matter if you're my cousin or my girlfriend or whatever. Like if you're someone coming to my room and you know, you're going to listen to tunes with me or, mm-hmm. you know, chat or to do whatever, you do in the hospital then that it was just great to have visitors because i was from out of town right yeah when when they came in were were you were you obviously you had no memory of who they were did did it mean anything to you that they had known you or been involved in the accident with you um not really yeah not re- I mean, not in a, a disrespectful way, but just like it was, I was, you know, yeah. I had a whole lot on my lap and I was dealing yeah, with to- it. Totally. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I wasn't really um, thinking about other people as yeah. much as at that point. I was just trying to like get my footing and, you know, and then uh, mm-hmm. kind of start the reconstruction project. Right. And were you, were you, um, did you say that it, that was your girlfriend at the time too? <clears throat> yeah. And yeah what happens when you have a relationship like that, but you can't remember the person? Does it, do you just like, is there a, I, I guess, feel like, I guess it fizzles. Is, like, do you break yeah. up? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I suppose it just fizzles away because it's, you know, like, you know, she was nice and she stuck around and stuff, but then it's like, you know, when, after, Christmas, like I went home at Christmas from Halifax mm-hmm. to Ontario and, and, uh, then she had to go back to school in Nova Scotia. So it was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't I, make I, sense I, anyways. And like, everything's brand new I, to me. So I want to ask though, like, are you, are you, are you kind like, 
Is it kind of that you're a new person? Like yeah, you're not like even the same is, person. That's the thing that I'm so curious yeah. about is like you, like you, who you were at 20, like who you were at 21 and now who you are likely to become after the accident. It, I mean, it seems like the chances are very high that you're going to be a completely different person. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to know how you, and the, the question about the relationship is a, is kind of the spring what ended, ended up being kind of the, a great springboard for it is like, how, how do you, how do you start becoming, how do you start building your personality? How do you become you? Mm. Like, how does a sense of humor, I mean, you've clearly got a good sense of humor. I don't know if it's in the recording or not, but we were joking about taking your clothes off earlier and that was really funny. <laughs> and, uh, and so obviously that's, that's there. Like how does, how does, how do you start laying the foundation to be you after the, 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 the you know, the like version one gets deleted? Yeah. Well, I think, I think that some of the core sort of sense of humor was like just remained. I don't know how, maybe it was just music and sense of humor, but I would, you know, joke with some of the um, physiotherapists and stuff and, you know, tell them, tell them I'm calling in sick today or, you know, like, like I just didn't, I could understand, which is odd uh, enough to joke around a bit there. So the oh, sense yeah. of humor was kind of stayed intact or like I understood enough about the, you know, magnitude of the situation to be able to crack jokes. Cause it's my situation. So I can, oh, I, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. So yeah, th- that was the sense of humor I think was still pretty, uh, comparable and um yeah just all all of my experiences and you know life the stuff that forms you and makes you into who you are and those events in in terms of relationships i'm i'm kind of dying to know you know like when you when when so you know we we don't choose our family our family is who our family is and and a lot of us uh, develop close relationships with with certain people in our family, and those people always they're always there. You know, they they, they stick around for the for the most part. Um, and then you know, when it comes to like friendships, um, friendships very much come and go throughout the span of our lifetime. And so, obviously, your family was there um, throughout all of this. But were there? With the memory loss and and then the subsequent like building a, a new life and a new set of memories, was there anyone that kind of stuck around that was like John 1.0 friend into like John 2.0 friend? Yeah, I have uh, a lot of my uh, 1.0 crew is still the same. Like my friends from high school um, – and I stayed connected even through like university and college and stuff. And then when I was, when I came back to Ontario, they all met me and they would like, you know, we'd get together and they'd, you know, reminisce and try to remind me of things. And, you know, it wasn't, wasn't coming back. So it didn't, uh, didn't matter, but they, they stuck around and like, they would, um, you know, a handful of guys, my high school, um, posse was, was just always there. And I would be, you know, like, cause I couldn't do a lot of things by myself. So let's say, you know, I want to go to Toronto and see a pavement. I need a friend, I need an escort. Right. So they would come and, you know, it was just, they were really, uh, especially in that formative, like early mid nineties period, there was, there was, uh, you know, a handful of my friends that were just, um, crucial and stuck around and, you know what I mean? Like they would, we'd watch movies together and they, you know, they're just great people still, still great Mm. people. I think, I think there's something like really, um, like, uh, I don't know if the spirit, not spiritual, but like in, in the, in the context of, or in the conversation of like nature versus nurture, when you, when you have friends and then you have this, something like this, like an accident where, where it seems like, you know, 90, high 90 percentage of you 
gets wiped off the map. But you're still you. Like there's still a there's still a you-ness there that you have to sort of work to rebuild. But when the friends that were there before this sort of like, you know, control alt delete gets hit and you and you start from scratch again, that they end up being <coughs> present and that friend those friendships are there after the fact as well. There's something there's something like really beautiful about yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. even in even once the the version of you that you know gets erased that there's like a fundamental nature of you that 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 still connects with those people yeah even though even though the experiences in your memory are gone and the experiences that you've had with those people specifically are gone like i would like to think that 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 would be that like if if you erased me i would still connect with the yeah. two of you. you know, yeah, but like, like I, you know, what are the chances that you <clears throat> that your memory gets erased and then we stick around? But like, you, you know, when you start to develop your new you, you just you you have this feeling of like, you know what? I don't fucking like these guys. These but, Jeremy but and Brian. But, but guys. what yeah. I mean is you that know? like, there's something fundamental underneath, just like the social yeah, 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 yeah. fabric that brought us together. That yeah. there's something deeper on at each of our levels. You know that I would, brings uh, us together. What I would try to do in that case is, if your memory was wiped, I would try to re-raise you to be like more empathetic, or like get rid of <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like not pick your nose as much, yeah. or like hopefully right. you know not do things like that. Well, John, John, to, do to you that feel point, like though, to that point? Like, I, I, it, was there anything, <laughs> yeah. John? Did you did do you, do you recall ever hearing anything from whether it be friends or family that were like that have been around since the old days, like before the accident? Um, did you hear anything from them about you, the, the new you, being any different from from the you that was? Yeah, this it was more. Um, I guess I had just matured really because I was twenty two. I was a university student, and so. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It was a yeah. pretty reckless time. I mean, you guys have gone to school. So, you know, it's just like you get your work done, but then it's cut foot loose like Kenny Loggins, right? So <laughs> it's, that's the, uh, I mean, I was a more, um, I was a little quieter, I think, mm-hmm. and a little more reserved and uh, perhaps uh, slightly more mature. <laughs> so... I think I've kind of. I yeah. think you'd you'd almost be forced, before be forced to uh, to mature, especially when this new, you know, this new, uh, you know, this like starting from scratch sort of life that you. It sounds like you essentially wake up into, is a bunch of people going, "You were in an accident. Like you, you got super injured. You don't have a memory." you like i mean what else can you do other than be like holy fuck yeah yeah Yeah. are vegans actually unhealthy does cannabis ruin your sleep and why are so many men taking testosterone supplements i'm mitch and i'm greg and we're the creators of the popular youtube channel asap science every week on our podcast side note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of like the aftermath of everything, when the dust settled and you started to, um, you know, you come out of reco- out of rehab and you're <coughs> you're starting to build your life. Um, Obviously, this is a pretty traumatic brain injury. Um, is there was there was there any residual effects that that you know you dealt with for a long period of time, or or even still to this day, um, surrounding the the injuries that happened during the the accident? For sure, yeah, I still have um, visual agnosia or face blindness. Um, so I just don't recognize people. I, mm. I do, I'm strictly sound. So mm. let's say that I lived in Halifax and we're walking down the street. The three of you could pass me. And unless one of you talked and I recognize the voice, you'd mm. be like random three guys. I'd be like, huh? Okay. 
Oh, really? You know? Wow. So, yeah, like it wouldn't. And that extends to, to people that I know well. Wow. Like, you know, my wife, for example. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. like and that's a like on a daily basis. Like that is a that you you could be in the grocery store, your wife goes down a different aisle and then, you know, I think we've all been there where you're like, "Where the fuck is my partner?" Like and you're looking yeah. for them in the grocery store, like you would would you be able to kind of recall what she was wearing and and kind of piece it together that way or or is it or is it so severe that like even you you need her to be like, "John! John!" Yeah. You know, yeah. going on the intercom like uh, John, your wife at the front. John, John McMurray, wife at front. Come, please come to the front. Which one is she? Yeah, honey, Tom. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, it would. I don't think that uh, she would get called to the front necessarily. But I think, I think realistically, I would just stay where I was. Like sure. let's say we're in the produce section or something and then she darts off and she's going to get whatever she says she's going to get. Then I might as well just kind of meander around the produce section and, and stay there because she'll come back. Right. right <laughs> if right. I, if I, if I go and try to chase her in the superstore, then, you know, I might find her, but I might not. I mean, yeah, there's right. a solution. Totally. It's just on, it's just yeah. on her. She John, just, just, just stay in your zone, right? And then yeah. it's like, stay well, in your lane. I, you I'm know super, where to find me. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super curious about this. Uh, like, yeah, after after sort of you 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 finish uh, rehab and start to like integrate back into society in this world, I imagine that that especially at 22. Um, you're, you you probably um, want to or need to pursue some type of education, but uh, I, I'm imagining like, do you go to elementary school or university? Like, how does how does that work? It would be a really good movie script if you had amnesia and then had to go back to elementary like school. Billy Ma- like, like yeah. amnes- amne- amnesiac Billy Madison. Yes, Billy exactly. Madison. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Of. <laughs> Combo. <laughs> um, okay, so. Sorry, I'm trying to think of what your question was. So it's, in terms of schooling <laughs> or education, like how do you go back to school? Like how do you start to set yourself up for a career or work? Well, yet I mean, to be honest, to some degree, like it's I'm kind of faking it, right? Because I only needed a half credit um, to finish my bachelor's degree oh, right. at Acadia. So i I did the I did the half credit. I had several extensions and, uh, you know, but got an A minus when I an A minus. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it was just that half credit that I needed to, um, complete my requirements for a, a general, I was driving back for a honors degree, okay. but a general bachelor's I could get with a half credit. So I just mm-hmm. did the, had a tutor and, <clears throat> and picked away and, and got that done. And, Graduated on Mother's Day, actually, coincidentally. Uh-huh. So that was nice for mom to see me, you know, from where I can imagine if I was, because now I'm a parent, and I can imagine you see your son as a total wreck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then and then to then be at his graduation, that, that would feel quite nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, especially, in a yeah. T- especially at the time. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of question marks that were hanging over hanging over you and and your parents in terms of you know what you would ever be able to do yeah i mean you're at least you laying in the hospital bed in a coma i mean like yeah what was yeah. your first job after <laughs> after all was said and done like mm-hmm. when you go into the workforce what was the first thing you did my first job was actually the same as my last job um prior to the accident because i worked at a a country market Bailey's Country Market in Victoria, Ontario. And it was just like a standard, you know, farm with corn and all sort of produce that they grew there. And there's like the berry picking and that sort of thing. So I went back there after some time and, uh, and worked at Bailey's again in the, you know, as my first sort of job, job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with, with music, now, music being, so I, I don't, is, 
is music central to your life pre uh, pre accident or does it become central to your life post accident because it seems to be this thing that remains with you and does it influence the way that you sort of understand how emotions work because music is very emotional. We were talking you know, before we started recording about, about music, about sad music in particular, the Smiths and Elliot Smith. And like, how, how does, how does music play into, how does music play into that? Um, is it central to your life and how does it influence the emotions? Like your understanding of emotions? Yeah, it was, it was always apparently a big part of my life. Um, you know, just growing up and stuff. And then it was up until the accident because, um, in university we had a band, um, and we got to play with the Rio statics in Halifax. So, you know, we were coming up and, you know, trying to be that sort of whatever, like inbreds, local rabbits, like, you know, just, just trying to be a band. And Mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, so, so that's always been a big part of my life in my childhood. And then again, at university with the band. And then it's great that it stayed with me because all of that information from any song I've ever heard was here. Like I couldn't name a color, but I can name every nuance and chord and whatever song. So I would analyze the lyrics, any words that I didn't understand or concepts that I didn't know what they were referring to. I would look it up and, you know, research it. And then, and that's how I would, you know, expand my understanding of, of certain concepts and, wow. you know, sort of build my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, did you play an instrument too? No, I was the singer. Okay. Yeah. Were you tone deaf when you came back to, to <laughs> the new life or could you still hold the tune? <laughs> No, no, I could hit, I could hold. Yeah, I think I could hold. This one. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, it just again, it's like it's one of those things that's just so fascinating and and wild to get to talk to someone who's who's lost all of their memory. Um, but I know that this like this accident isn't the first, you know, hardship that you've you've faced in your life. Um, you you also are a cancer survivor, correct? Yeah. Correct. What, uh, so what kind of cancer and, 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 and when did this, when did this all take place? So it was, it was sort of like a, a one, two punch or a one, two, three punch because it was my, my father who had been a little bit getting sick and, you know, had a knee replacement and a bunch of stuff going wrong. Um, he died suddenly in August of 2014. And then, so I went to my wife's cottage to watch the water and get my head around that losing my dad. And then, uh, they noticed a little lump on my neck and said, you know, you should go to the doctor. Then I went to the doctor. They said, uh, you and your wife have to come back and see us. And I said, Oh yeah, no, she works. So I'll come back. And I said, no, we need you both. So that was a bit unnerving. And then, uh, they said, yeah, the, the tests came back cancerous. So, you know, don't worry about getting over your dad. You got cancer now. So it was a new, Jesus, new sort of, I don't know, shit sandwich. I don't know how you, and, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 I was just what, trying to think of the, how to articulate, like, but yeah, it's like it like a double decker. Yeah. yeah. Was it, <laughs> yeah. was it skin cancer or like a lymph node or? It was, it was testicular cancer. Oh, wow. And oh, yeah. And it had traveled up my body. There was a mass by my heart. And then the little dot that we found that my wife found was on my neck. So they tested my neck and then they did the, you know, the scans and the MRI and those sort of things and realized that there was a mass by my heart. And so, uh, yeah, then I think a week or like 10 days later, they had me back at the hospital for surgery and, you know, removed one of my testicles and, you know, so. Did you have uh, uh, (laughs) like full, full body chemotherapy after that? 
or a full uh, chemotherapy yeah yeah radiation? no i had yeah. i had i had chemo for um 10 weeks after that well that nine was... weeks but I, I took christmas off so uh, how was that, that that week the chemo yeah did um, it suck oh i thought you meant christmas i was like how was christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, was yeah. Was christmas good. was yeah kind of a downer um <laughs> no the chemo it i mean it was it it was it sucked the life out of me like it was pretty uh harsh and intense but yeah. it was you know i was just kind of like tracksuit pajama guy so i didn't there wasn't i wasn't working at that point so mm. i just took the time off and kind of laid low my friends those same friends like bought me movies and stuff and books and you know so it's uh i don't know it was just yeah, it was it was pretty intense, but there was nice like my nurse was nice at uh, the Credit Valley, so she how, was my regular injector. How long was the recovery process for for that? And 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 are you like are you today? Are you considered you know in cancer free or in remission? Whatever the whatever yeah. the, the language that they use. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm both I'm cancer free now or in remission. Um, and it's been, I think once you pass a year or two years, then they say, okay, you're, you know, we'll, we'll start seeing you less. So I still go back for blood work and things like that, just to make sure, um, mm -hmm. that everything's okay. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm in the clear. I think the cancer's done. So this, this might be a bit of a, this might be a bit of a dumb question, but I'm curious if in with cancer and the memory loss and the time that has passed from the time that the accident happens to that. So you said that was like 20, 2014 or so. So it's like a, a little under 20 years since the, from the accident to when you, uh, to when you get cancer. And, um, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of starting over and, and, I'm thinking of you as like a, I guess like a 19 year old sort of. And I, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's accurate to think about, to think that of you, to like imagine you as a 19 year old mentally. Cause it seems like, you know, we talked about you getting more mature and stuff, but was your understanding or your thought around cancer, you know, kind of like the same as it, as I guess it would have been like this understanding that like cancer is this, you know, is this fucking horrible, you know, shitty thing that way too many people go through and, you know, am I going to, am I going to die? Am I going to live? And, you know, was it, was the understanding around what cancer is sort of like normal at this, at this point after having lost your memory? Well, I think, I think that it was pretty um, intense because it was right after my father's passing then I learned it so it was just sort of like another part of this ride because the whole this whole situation you know from 95 then kind of like a circus so mm -hmm. I just sort of thought okay well now we got cancer all right buckle up and here we go let's just like, address this, this so because by that point are you still very much I mean I, I mean I guess you kind of just said it but are you still riding this like, are you really still in the depths of like figuring shit out, you know, in 20, in 2014 when this, like figuring, figuring post memory loss life out? I mean, I'm 33 and I'm still trying to figure out everything, <laughs> No, I know you know, you and, and like, yeah, so like, yeah. like, you know, but, but the, the reason I'm saying that is but like, what I mean is like, he comes you, out of memory loss and it's, you know, what today almost coming up on 30 years I mean, do we ever really have anything figured out? Like, I don't mean it like that. I mean that. I mean, um, I mean that when something happens, there is a period of chaos mm -hmm. where it's really hard to do anything normal. What you're asking is, like, is, is life in a is life in a? In, is there a, an amount of normalcy? Yeah, like, is it sort yeah. of like you're you feel like life is normal? 
quotation in yes. quotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relative Normal. to you at this what's point. That? I mean, yeah. well, actually, what I meant yeah. to say is, no. do you have everything figured out? Do you know exactly what's going to happen? You've got your retirement plan. You've got everything like you're totally set. No, everything's no issues, no problems. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no to the last question. But uh, do I have things figured out? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, it's, it's as good as it's going to get. So, I mean... I don't know. It's, it's figured out as I can, I can make it really. I can't, I won't regain my first 22 years. Um, I've experienced a lot since that, which I've, you know, retained those memories to some extent. So that's my new, uh, my new life, but no, I don't, uh, I don't know. No, I think, I think, I, I think I'm as figured out as I, Maybe I would be more figured out or more sorted out had this not transpired. Yeah. But um, yeah, you'd have an extra twenty-two who, years who to, have, to have shit have figured out. I yeah. mean, that that was my point is that I'm still trying to figure it out after the chaos of coming out of my mother's vagina thirty-three years ago. Like I, <laughs> like that was that was chaos, and and it's and everything still is is chaos to this day. Um, do you do you have um, you know? We, we today's episode that came out to, today was was a, a young woman who got in a car accident pretty much the same way as you did, and um, although she didn't lose her memory, um, you know she did suffer from a traumatic brain injury, and and there was as a result there there was also a, a lot of PTSD surrounding that experience, and I'm I'm wondering if. I, I mean, like, can you experience PTSD if there's nothing to remember? It, it was was a question that kind of came up in my mind earlier. You know, like, post-traumatic stress disorder oftentimes is the result of a traumatic incident that that brings up flashbacks or, you know, triggering moments to make someone um, spiral into the, the the hardships that that come with PTSD. But was there any kind of... Um, post-traumatic stress that came along with your, your initial accident or like, is that even possible if there's, if there's not even a, a memory of who the fuck you were even before it happened? Yeah, that's a good question because yeah, if you have no, nothing to reference, then, you know, it doesn't, nothing mm-hmm. really makes sense. So, uh, or is there even PTSD of that, of like, of, of, you know, like you saying, walking down Spring Garden Road, which for people who don't know is like a very busy, like very pedestrian, heavy traffic street with lots of shops and lots of lights and lots of action happening on the street. Like, it, was there PTSD from from just being plopped into the world brand new at 22 and, and trying to grasp what the fuck everything is yeah yeah it was uh it was quite overwhelming because like you said you know i don't know i don't know what anything is and we're on spring garden road you walk by the convenience store there's like a million magazines a million types of gum like it just looks like a costco to me like it's i'm just so overwhelmed and then like people chatting, walking by and my hearing was like, I had better hearing, acute hearing because of the accident. So like people are really loud in restaurants and yeah, it was super intense. It was like, I often was wanting to sort of wake up or find the remote or figure out what, you know, like just fix it Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. That was more Halifax period because then by the time by december of 95 we headed back to ontario and i think like pretty early on there i figured okay well it's real like this is this is my new life so i gotta i gotta figure out the best way to to uh rehabilitate and get better and you know, was, maintain was, my friends was therapy ever I, I i know you mentioned occupational therapy and like speech therapy, but, um, was, was any kind of talk therapy a part of your, your process to, to rehabilitate? No, I had, I had like, um, a case manager that would talk to me, but not really, a 
a therapist or any sort of um, outlet that way. My mm-hmm. I, music was my therapy. Yeah, yeah, that was right. my that's that's my get a jail free card. I just would put on earphones and you know I know I know all the songs, I know all the tunes, I know all the nuance, the inflections mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was just like, that felt good because that's something I know. When you come back to the earth and you know nothing and you can't walk and you can't do anything if you can if you're knowing every like okay this is the next song you know and you, mm-hmm. you already know though it starts with drums and mm. that was very reassuring and uh i think probably helped me out a lot because it gave me um an ego boost i suppose yeah like you, anchor to your to your memory yeah. like that there is some that there is some control there is some knowing amount of knowing mm-hmm. when yeah. when you John, when you talk about, um, I also, I imagining being in, in that like convenience store and seeing all the things, uh, imagining like not knowing what anything is and then trying to process and understand what all the, those things are would be so incredibly overwhelming. But yeah, um, like you buy a stick of soap and you're just like, well, I guess this is edible. I eat the, eat the, you don't soap. know what any, so you have to relearn yeah. all those things. That would be incredibly You could make a movie out of this but, that like, and, and it could be, you could, you could, you could it write could be the it, saddest movie on the planet. It could be the fucking funniest movie on the planet. It could be a horror movie. Yeah. It could be fully action packed. But the, yeah. John, the question I wanted to ask is when you, when you were saying like you were either looking for the remote or, or like wanting to wake up, um, do you remember what you were wanting to wake up to or what you were wanting to turn this world off to go back to? Like, were you trying to, or this was just all overwhelming? No. Well, I mean, it was super overwhelming, but no, I didn't know. I wanted to go back, but I didn't know where I wanted to go, but I wanted to go there like immediately because everything was so intense and confusing. And, you know, I just wanted some normalcy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why they've, the music was a nice sort of escape because I knew it and that, you know, I felt comfortable mm-hmm. with right. that. But then everything besides take off the earphones and put me out on the, you know, on the streets. And that was a whole different, um, yeah. you know, that was, that was when the, the fear began because it was, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. And Halifax is like, as you know, a, a very amazing, like friendly sort of city town city. Like mm. people are friendly and you know what I mean? It just seems like, you know, we go to the gardens and go to the record mm. store and it's just, everything's cool. Everything's fine. So it was, uh, that was beneficial. When, when people are, uh, when people are like teaching you things, I'm not sure if you can remember this, but like relearning things, was there anything that surprised you that you were like, I can't, I can't believe that's a thing. Or I can't believe that you have to, that this formality exists or that you do this thing in this certain way. Or like lightning, way. you know, like yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> Giant streaks of electricity just <laughs> shoot out of the fucking sky. Like, was there anything, yeah, was there anything about the world that you were just Dude, like, that's blow, that blows, my, that blows my mind. Yeah. 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 Um, well, the, I mean, yeah, lightning was crazy to see. Um, it's really. That, like, I bet. Thunder, thunder and lightning and even just like torrential downpour or yeah. snowstorm. It's just like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> That's kind of cool. Uh, that is kind of cool. Yeah. You know what? It can, like, it's, you just kind of deal with what you got. So it's. You know, it can obviously be worse. So I just thought, okay, well, this is this is how it is. So I might as well make the best of it and yeah, you know, sort of trip out to lightning and whatever (laughs) else was new to me. Be like, oh wow. Like I want to. I I wish I could watch Inception again for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's another. That's a (laughs) there. If there's a silver lining to this, like one of the things is rediscovering things that you had already. That have enjoyed become, once and, and then and then have become that have become something that you take for granted. Like the there's a million things on planet Earth that are fucking fascinating. Yeah. But they happen so often that we just become dull to them. Yeah. And they become mm-hmm. they become things that you don't even notice. And so I'm imagining that 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 yeah that would be a like bit of rereading a your favorite book or watching your yeah. you know re rewatching your favorite movie that being, you have just have no and being authentically mind blown. Again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, John, speaking of books, uh, tell us about uh, Mind the Gap. This is a book that you've uh, you've written. It's 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 come out in the past, but there's a there's a, a revised version coming out. Yeah, the the revised version will be coming out um, next year with uh, Moose House Press, which is in uh, Annapolis Royal. So um, I'm just working. I'm the initial book ended um, at mediation where it was just sort of me walking away from mediation. And then I had some epilogue items like my children and marriage, et cetera. Um, but now we're going to bring that into the body of the book and add on the, the three, the, uh, cancer father's death, Alzheimer's. Mm. So, and Alzheimer's was your your mom. Do you say it was yeah. your mom who has Alzheimer's? Yeah, right. yeah, she had she had Alzheimer's. So that was kind of, and it happened all. It was really quick because it was like um, cancer. Okay, uh, or no, it was it was father's death. Okay, try to deal with that. Find some cancer. Okay, uh, found the cancer. Started to address that and notice mom sort of slipping away a bit um mentally and then she was took her to the doctor she was diagnosed they took her license away and then you know that's when things change because i i live in town so now whenever she's got to go to the dentist or any sort of thing i mean she had good friends in town too that would help her out but you know it's kind of you know things change pretty pretty big at that point and seemed to accelerate like the, the, uh, early set Alzheimer's seemed to go pretty quick mm-hmm. for mom. I thought. When is, um, uh, you said the book is, is, is slated to come out. The revised version is slated to come out next year. Um, yeah. Where, where can people, uh, where can people find the book, either the, the original version or the, or the revised one when it's, uh, when it's released. So, uh, you could go to jonathanmcmurray.com and there, the, the original book is, is still in there. And then uh, Moose House Press, I believe, will have my book available for pre-sale or, um, or sale at some point in the near future. Yeah, and so, that's uh, moosehousepress.com where you can find information on all their books there. Um, Mm -hmm. Were you, were you saying that there was a, there's like a movie also being put together? No, I mean, it's, it's in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. 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 It's got a great soundtrack. And no, I just, I just think like, you know, anyone, anytime I just have a conversation that has happened upon someone and we're just chatting and it's just small talk and, and the, my situation comes up, they're just, generally like floored and just like what do you mean what you know come again so yeah, i just yeah, think like that it's such a yeah well it's just <laughs> such a it, it's um what did avery haynes said it's a i'm a medical anomaly so yeah. it's a super rare um situation i think that it would be I think that it would be a really cool movie and you could just take the book and there's your make the manuscript from that because that's the whole story. And you could just have like possibly I'm not a filmmaker, but you could alternate like perspectives and have like sort of what I see Mm -hmm. as the victim or patient. And then, and then you pan out to what everyone else sees and it's, you know, just to show, and then that man. would gradually fade until it becomes like all that we're all seeing the same thing. Yeah, man, I mean, that's have, I want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have yeah. you have you have the thing that <coughs> that only exists in movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, uh, I, any, I, just, any, I just need <laughs> I just need to know the girl or the guy that knows the other girl or guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. like the screenwriter or that's the producer or whatever. Well, you know? if the, all of our filmmaker listeners out there, uh, uh, JonathanMcMurray.com, if you uh, if this sparks some interest and you you want to you want to 
be at the helm of that movie. Uh, mm. Reach out to Jonathan and, and make it happen because I want to fucking watch that. Only if the end scene is us. Yeah. Talking only if on we're this involved. podcast about <laughs> yeah. doing that movie. That's the only way <laughs> yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. As if yeah. we're in it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, John, this is you this can has do been, that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> John, this has been uh, this has been fascinating, man. Thanks for thanks for sitting down and and trying to, to help the three of us wrap our heads around just such a such a wild experience. And uh, you know, it's I. I know that you've been through the ringer, but, um, but it's, it, 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 if it wasn't for what you went through, we wouldn't have this opportunity to sit down and chat with you. And I'm really grateful for, for having that opportunity. Um, before we, before we wrap it up, but I'm curious to know what your answer to this would be. It's a question we ask a lot of our guests. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that your accident has taken away from you? Maybe a bit of an obvious answer to that, but I'll leave <laughs> Other it than there. your memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 22 um, years of my life. <laughs> taken away from me. Jeez, that's a good one. Um, probably my foundation, if that makes sense, because you build, you know, like you go to, junior high and you have that girlfriend and then you whatever and then you you do the things that you do and I don't have like you know I've got old pictures and stuff and and the stories but it's nothing that's an actual memory in my mind mm-hmm, like because yeah. my memories start like I said in 95 and in the Annapolis Valley so um yeah that's a good question that makes a whole bunch of sense to me, man. I, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like who I am is based off all the dumb shit I did up until I was about twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? The accident. Yeah. Uh, well, it's given me a, a great perspective, because when you, when you grow up, again in. Uh, in Halifax and your, your roommates of like one guy had a, a stroke and the guy across from me was electrocuted and brought back to life. Mm. You know, one guy was a motorcycle accident victim. And then you have the, the the, the screaming in the hospital and the, you know, you, you go out to go down to a an occupational therapy class or whatever, and you'll use the elevator and you got like some pretty intense, uh, people rehabilitating like some pretty uh you know so it's just that was i mean uh, i feel strange about being comforted by that because it's that's kind of harsh but it just made me feel like okay well you forget your entire life and everything's kind of a wash now but at least you can walk like you got mm-hmm. your legs mm-hmm. so i so i always tried to like look for the positive mm-hmm. and my brother, like some of the first books that I read in my, in the sequel were uh, like Siddhartha and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. you know, like uh, the prophet and like, just kind of like Buddhist uh, feel good positivity type books that my brother gave me. So, you know, it just gave me an understanding of, you know, from the book, this is how, some people think, which is great. And then on the left, this is my reality and it's pretty crazy. And so it, uh, I don't know. I think that just helped me and just seeing the people and then just realizing like, you know, I'm yeah, it's sure. It's super shitty, but I don't know. It could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be way worse. So, you know, I just, I just, uh, I'm just happy for what I got, and you know, it seemed to seem to work out okay. No doubt. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, again, just a wild story, John. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day today to sit down and, and chat with us. It really does mean a lot. Well, thank you.
Well, there you go, folks. That was our conversation with John McMurray. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the podcast, whether you're a brand new listener or you've been listening for years. Um, And if you are looking for other ways that you can support the podcast, well, leave a rating or a review uh, if that is possible on the podcast app that you're listening to. I know you can do it on Apple Podcasts and you can leave a rating on Spotify on the mobile app. So that would mean the world to us. You can subscribe to us over on YouTube where we're coming at you with our Friday episodes every single week. And, uh, of course, if you want to join the conversation uh, about this episode and past episodes and, uh, and you know, just a place to share your Wordle scores, uh, join us on Discord. You can find the link in the show notes here um, or, of course, uh, hit us up on social media at Sick Boy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, that was my microwave. Food's ready. Uh, thanks again for listening, folks. We we appreciate all of you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Uh, Sick Boy Podcast is brought to you by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. We are managed by Jeffrey Lonis. Sound design is from our good friend Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. And, of course, the theme music for today's episode was from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.